Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Freckled Foodie Fam, we have a very, very exciting repeat guest today. One of the Freckled Foodie family's favorite influencers. I know that because every time I post about her or every time I say that I'm with her or talking to her or seeing her, I know you guys are all up in my DMs. I love her just as much as you all. Um, Today we are chatting with Victoria Garrick. She has become a friend of mine. I love her so much. She's great. We actually met, we talk about this, but we met for the first time when she came on the show and I'll link her past episode in the show notes. Um, But today's episode takes a bit of a different direction. We chat all about her, her recent bachelorette party, like the feeling of creating content, whether you're an influencer or not, on these like very important life moments and how you balance that and really try to be present, what it looks like when your reality may not meet your expectations, like the mindset she's going into all of these bridal events with. And, you know, we also talk about the body image, like, dialogue that can happen around these events because there is so much unnecessary pressure put on these brides. So we dive into a bunch of different things. I, as always, love having a conversation with her. She is one of my favorite people across all apps to follow, and she's just a great ray of sunshine. So without further ado, here is Vic. Come on in, take a seat. Victoria Garrick, welcome back, my love. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. And you're someone, actually, I guess Carissa was like the other person I just did this with too. You're someone who's coming back on the show, but the first time you were on was when I met you. And now it's such a different relationship that I actually wouldn't go back and listen to our first episode because it's so probably like... Right. Like not high level, but cordial in a sense of getting to know one another. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I would need to go back and listen. I don't really remember it too well, but I do remember it was in 2020 and I was in Wisconsin with my family, I think. And I just remember like not being in a great place. And I think at the end that I was like, oh God, I hope she like thought that was worth her time. (laughs) Don't you hate that? I mean, A, I definitely did think it was worth my time. Don't worry. I had a lot of interviews like that during my first trimester where I wasn't publicly pregnant yet, but I felt like shit and my head was just not in a great space. And I've had times like that where I wasn't pregnant. And when it ends, I'm like, 
I feel like that just wasn't the best version of myself. Right. Also with podcasting, like I wish I could be really intuitive with the schedule. Like I have two other podcasts I'm doing today too. And like, I don't know why I woke up today and like, you know, you either are feeling it or you're not. And it's totally like, sometimes you're like, yes, thank goodness. I have all these interviews today. Like I'm in the mood to talk. And then other times I'm like, I want to push these, but then it's like, you don't want to be rude to the, the podcaster, but then you, but also if I was a podcaster, I would honestly prefer someone calling me and saying, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm canceling on you an hour before, but I'm not going to give you a good interview today. Like that I'm just going to be truthful. I would rather that because I would rather record when you're going to give me a good interview. I totally agree. On that note, do you want to reschedule? Oh my God, no, 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 no. I've been listening to Armchair Expert all morning. Okay. I'm so excited to be on the mic. Um, um, no, today, no, but today, I totally agree. You caught me on a good day. I feel like when we first did the podcast, <laughs> I felt like it was a bad day, but I went with it. <laughs> Honestly, I feel that way about me. If we're being honest, me being on your show, that'll come out after this episode. I felt like I walked away being like mentally, that was an off day for me. Really? So. Kind of, yeah. If you want to re-record it, we can. But I, I remember it being really good. I have to listen to the edit to like be. Yeah, listen to it and let me know. We'll see. I remember really liking it. I do too. I just felt like there was a lot going on in my brain that day. It's just so hard with this job. It's something I really struggle with of feeling. I don't feel ever forced to show up because if I'm not in the mood to show up, I just say that on my platforms, and I'm like, I'm having a hard day, and I share that side. But it's also hard to schedule things because there is such a creative flow that has to be in your veins that day to do some of the work we do. And if you're not on, it's so fucking hard to like fake it or force it or whatever. And then you're like, well, these are my three hours that I've dedicated to do this and I have to snap out of it. I don't know. Mentally, it's something I struggle with with this job. I completely relate. And I've been trying to kind of combat that with like having more of a routine and waking up at the same time and trying to work out in the morning and cold shower. And it's helpful when I do it, but it's hard to do it every single morning, you know? Uh, Girl, I feel you. I actually, the episode is releasing tomorrow. So when we record this, it will have released, but I am doing an episode on like overstimulation, anxiety, anger, induced anger. And like I say, the reason I do my journaling, the reason I meditate, the reason I do these things is because if I don't, I will snap at this stupid shit that doesn't actually matter. And it's really hard to remember to do these things and to put your mental health first, but like, it's so fucking important. And I notice a huge difference when I'm out of my routine. Yeah, I agree. I honestly feel like I need to just, whether it's put a post-it note by my bed and just be like, here's my five boxes for this week. Every morning I wake up and do the, do my routine, I'm going to check a box. And like, I think even just the act of checking a box, like on a paper, I think would make me more inclined to like string them together than like usually the night before I'm like, am I in the mood to wake up tomorrow and like be in a good place? And I just have to get <laughs> used to doing it every single morning. So what is your morning routine? I'm curious. So it is waking up around 6.30 and then doing some sort of physical activity. So whether that's like going to F45, I love to go to down the street, or it is going on a walk, um, walk and podcast always gets me in a good mood. Um, oh, also from the moment I wake up to the workout, come home or whatever it is, I'm not checking my phone. So yeah. even if I'm doing a podcast, I'd like have my phone to do not disturb. I've got it queued up to go. 
Um, so like no phone. And then I want to do like a five minute meditation where I sit outside with nothing, no electronics, no anything. And I just sit for five minutes and try to be present, try to like really feel like slowed down. I think a lot of times I feel like I'm going a million miles per hour. So to take five minutes in the beginning of the day to do nothing. Um, and if you, th- that is meditative. I think people think you have to literally be you know, clearing your mind with your eyes closed, listening to a sound, but just being alone with no distractions and sitting with yourself and paying attention to your thoughts is meditation. So that for five minutes, um, I drink my athletic greens is like the actually, that's like the only like supplemental thing I do in terms of a routine or at all for my health. Um, and then I cold shower and then hopefully it's like almost eight o'clock in the morning. And I am better than everyone. <laughs> no, really? You're ready to fucking tackle you know the day. You know that TikTok sound? Am I better than Better everyone? than everyone? Wait, like, okay. I have a question because I love like the nitty gritty of people's mornings. I don't know why it fascinates me. Are you someone that can like get up and you're immediately out the door to work out? Like you're not having water, coffee, pooping. You're just like, let's go. Honestly, yes. And maybe you can relate to this because of sports. But when I was in those hotels in the middle of nowhere, and they said, you better be on the bus at 6am and every minute of sleep matters. I set my alarm for 550 in the morning. I had my outfit laid out. I was packed the night before I roll out of bed, like a zombie, throw on the uniform, brush my teeth. I'm downstairs in less than six minutes. I used to be that way, like college sports, a hundred percent when we had like 6am practices, which I thought was so insane. And then when I started working, I was like at the desk by 6am having already worked out, which is crazy, but I was the same way, but now I don't know, but my morning routine has completely shifted after having Liam. Cause it's just different, but I'm with you in like having some form of routine of things and slowing down. Like I will not check social media. Mine is like an extended, extended period because I'm on mom mode until his first nap, but I won't open social media until 10 a.m. So that's four hours after I've woken up. And it is honestly the best thing for me mentally because it's technically social media and it's work. Um, Speaking of social media, you just blew us all the F up with some Bachelorette content (laughs) that I was so here for. Like... I am well past my bridal stage. It was, I think, almost four years ago. And I'm never, like, I was never someone that was, like, on the Pinterest boards of brides. Like, I didn't follow bride accounts. It's not something that, like, interests me. But your Bachelorette content, I was like, let's fucking go. I wanted more. I wanted more. I wanted more. What was it like for you just in general, high level? How was the weekend? It was the best weekend ever, um, truly. And I, of course, wish I could say this went wrong or this went wrong. So don't worry if yours isn't perfect. Like I almost feel bad that my account is like supposed to be that for people, but I'm walking away from the weekend. Like it was the best weekend ever. Like it truly was. I felt so happy. My friends all enjoyed themselves. Everything was flawless. Um, I mean, it was amazing. It looked amazing. Also, you should not feel badly that I I understand what you're saying because your account is very, 
I don't like the word relatable because relatable is so dependent on the consumer and you can't be relatable to everyone, but your account is honest and you share the ups and the downs and a lot of people's bachelorettes aren't what they wished. So you want to resonate with them, but you also had a fucking amazing time and that's awesome. And you also know that your community is happy for you to have had that. Um, Mentally going into it, was there anything for you? Because I think a lot of my community is in this stage and is interested in like the mentality of it all. Was there anything that you were feeling that was not great, happy, high emotions? Were you nervous for anything? Were you overwhelmed, anxious, any like negative emotions going in? Yes. And that is kind of like very um, (laughs) indicative of like my personality is getting anxious or afraid that something's going to happen or go wrong and then nothing ever does or it does. And it's not as bad as I thought, but I was probably nervous about two or three things. One being content, like there were four influencers on the trip and I didn't want content to be the main part of the trip. Like I did not want it to be a TikTok house. I didn't want everyone bringing ring lights and tripods like that. That stressed me out ahead of the trip is like, for me, it's my bachelorette. I want to be present. I want to live in the moment for maybe some of the other girls. Maybe they're thinking, oh, this is a great content opportunity. Like it's not their bachelorette. So like to them, it's like, you know, my mind would be turning too if I was going to someone else's thing. Like, how can I get videos with all these girls and what ideas can I do? And so I was nervous that some of the other influencers might be like, I have all these ideas I want to film because like we're a house of girls and like we're getting ready every night. Like, and I did not want that to be the case. And so I had to uh, kind of express that I wanted to communicate it, but then I also didn't want to make it a thing because I didn't want anyone to not be themselves. So it's like, I didn't want to prematurely set a rule of like, we're not filming TikToks or we're not doing X, Y, Z, but with my friends, especially the influencer ones who would maybe even naturally say to me, like, Oh my God, do you have content ideas? Or like, what are you thinking? I would just take that opportunity to be like, to be honest, I really want to be present and have a good time. Of course I have like two or three videos I want to get, but I want that to be like, an additional thing that we do for fun. Not like everyone, we need to be in the living room by 5 a.m., 5 p.m. to film this. Like, so that was a way for me to have the opportunity to like kind of communicate what I wanted without it being like, hi, influencer friend, here is the, here's, here's what I need. Um, so I was nervous about that, which it's hilarious because we had so much content (laughs) coming out of the trip. Like everything was filmed, but I don't know how to explain like how it worked out perfectly because it wasn't, I think for me, it's not about actually filming content, but the certain emotions and feelings that can come along with chasing virality. And maybe, you know, this Cameron, when you have an idea, you really want to execute something, it's not fun. And it becomes this, like, how do we get this? And who's standing where? And like, the sound has to be perfect. And we're going to do it five different times. Like, that is what I wanted to avoid, but documenting the trip or doing a one take wonder TikTok that's fucking iconic and everyone starts laughing, like that's fine. So it actually ended up being super seamless in the sense that I actually didn't film film pretty much anything at all. Natalie, who was a corporate Natalie as an influencer and also my best friend, was able to say I'm chief. 
She was like, I am chief production officer. She said, if you want TikToks, let me know. You won't have to lift a finger. I will, I will execute them. And so, you know, ahead of the trip, I was like, there's like four videos I want, which are like simple videos. And Natalie was the one to be like, okay, everyone real quick. Like while we're sitting, like, here's the sound Vic go. Like, so it was like, I barely had to think about it. Um, and it was really fun. Like I actually did not want to film the one that was like another one, another boat, another, (laughs) like, I didn't want to film that, but the whole party did like all the girls who weren't influencers were like, we have to do this one Vic. And then they were like getting super into it. And then everyone, I don't know. So it ended up being a lot of content, but not feeling like it was at all. And then also my other influencer friend, Ella, like films everything and like does it in the most fun, natural way. So like literally every video that came out of the trip or photo was taken by Ella. And like Ella needs to be hired for bachelorette trips. Cause let me tell you, I was glued to her stories yeah. this weekend. I was no, like, literally. I want the goods. And looking back, I'm honestly so happy that she filmed as much as she did. And that we did get the content we did because we have a shared album that we all are on, on our phones. And we like literally text still like that. We all scroll and live vicariously through it. Like it was amazing. And I want everyone, everyone felt fine about it. I just want to hop in quickly to unpack this for a second before we move on to the other two things that like you were nervous about a lot of talking by me. No, I, oh my gosh, please. I find it so interesting because I don't know if Actually, I think even non-influencer people can relate to this. Obviously, there's a different mindset if you're an influencer and a creative because it is a part of your livelihood, your job. Like The other part is that's confusing for us is these big life moments are what people are the most interested in. That's what gets the most views. That's what gets the most attention. My story views have never been higher than when I was in the hospital about to deliver. And I was just like fucking around on my phone, eating ice pops, being like, we're in guys. I got the epidural, like double the amount that they typically are. So that's when people care the most simultaneously. That's when I want to be on my phone the least. And that's, what's like really confusing to mentally unpack. And I felt this way a lot with Liam and like the delivery, the coming home, and just honestly, his entire first year of setting that boundary. Not that it has to be a hard and fast, like black and white, but a boundary of sorts so that I can protect my emotional aspect of my life. That's my life. It doesn't all have to be on the platform. And it's something I'm really interested in when it comes to wedding stuff, because I had just started Freckled Foodie full-time And I did not have a lot of followers at all when it was my wedding. And I gave my little sister my phone and I was like, record whatever you want, post it on the stories, like have fun. But there was no TikTok. There was no viral sound. There was none of that. And I think it would be naturally so overwhelming in today's world to go through it all. Because like you said, you want the content, obviously, whether you're an influencer or not, but at the same time, you want to enjoy yourself. And I think what you guys did is so smart by A, delegating, like Natalie taking it over, amazing friend, way to go, Nat. But simultaneously, what Ella did, and like for anyone who's listening, who's potentially doing their bachelorette wedding, whatever, I think like taking the videos and having fun with it. And then when you get home, you can like, you know, put it in ways that you want. You can make TikToks with videos that were recorded. It doesn't have to be all like executed in real time. And I think that's the best thing. Yeah, honestly. I, if you think about, well, first of all, that was such a beautiful analysis and so freaking true that the big moments are the ones that people want the most and the ones that we want to document the least. And I 
could not agree more. And these are the biggest moments in my life this year. And I feel like that is, you've given me words to describe it. So thank you. Um, secondly, I was going to say that, um, on the bachelorette weekend, I wasn't posting any stories organically. I had none. Right. I, I mean, when I had five minutes, like in the room, checking my phone, I just would repost anything the girls tagged me in, but I wasn't posting organic story content for three days. And also for my feed. Yes. I actually, I posted, I think I did like two pictures, which I knew as a content creator, like posting live in the moment, like even if I haven't gotten the chance to go through all the photos and these aren't the best ones, like just posting one and knowing that we're here and this is like taken now, it's going to get excitement and it had extremely high engagement. So right. those, were and quick, that's a like, low ask post. for you. Like that's totally. low. It's it was, like, Oh, I'm just going mean, to post it. One caption was just Max Brown. Like that's a low literally lift. So easy. And I, I like, couldn't even think of a caption. I was like, screw it. I'm just tagging Max and everyone actually <laughs> ended up loving it. And then with the TikToks, like, yeah, there were, uh, the one TikTok about my bachelorette and their problems, like Ella made the Loved. entire thing. So that was easy. And then the the other one, yeah. So it ended up being seamless, but I got a lot of content out. Um, so it worked out great. And yeah, it was the best weekend. I mean, back to the the two points. So first of all, I was um, anxious about content, which ended up being fine. Secondly, I really wanted to be happy and present. And I that kind of goes hand in hand with the first one, but you know, when you just kind of wake up and you don't love the emotions you have that day, similar to how we were feeling in the beginning, I guess I was like, what if the day I show up for my bachelorette, I'm just like, "Mm, I'm understimulated or I'm just tired or I don't care. Or like, I don't know. I'm just not as hyped as I wanted to be like for reasons I cannot control because I want to be hyped. I want to be excited. And I mean, that was silly in hindsight because, you know, first of all, we cannot control or know like how we're going to feel on any given day. So you have to let that go. But secondly, of course, I was so excited and happy and all the things because you're finally in that moment. And, you know, I have this fear that I'll wake up on my wedding day and be like, mm, it's just another day, but that's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> no. So, so that was also a silly fear in hindsight. And then my third one that I was anxious about, um, I wasn't really anxious about this at all, but it was more like I set a goal for myself to to have no expectations, not because I didn't believe my friends were going to throw me an amazing bachelorette, but just because if you sit there thinking, oh my God, I hope they planned a boat day and I hope they did this and I hope we're all going to do this and and then it doesn't happen, you're like upset and you can't be grateful for what is. I mean, the same way that if um, someone came to your house today and said, knock, knock, here's free ice cream. Like you would be so excited because you had no idea you weren't expecting it and you got ice cream. Uh, but if you knew someone was bringing you ice cream, you'd be like, well, it better be my favorite flavor. And I hope they got me the size and I hope it doesn't come and it's melted. And I hope that they like, uh, you know, because you're expecting it, you start to build this whole storyline about it. So I really did not create a storyline for my bachelorette. I didn't consume bachelorette content prior to mine. Um, I was just like, whatever, I'm showing up. My best friends are there. It's going to be great. And that's something I struggle with a lot, the reality versus the expectations. And this has been a historic thing that has happened with me in my brain. And I actually had a moment where this happened with my bachelorette. And I was like, looking back, it's so fucking small. And like, are you kidding? I can't believe this is something that you worked yourself up over. 
but I had this like one expectation. And then when it didn't happen, I was like, wait, but this didn't meet what I thought was going to be. And it's so insignificant, but when you build up this narrative in your brain and it doesn't live up to it, it almost feels like you're being let down when in reality, there was nothing that was letting you down because nothing was promised, you know? Right. Definitely. And also if your expectations are unrealistic, they're just never going to be met no matter what and how great something is. And my expectations are always super high about everything. And so that's been something in my life as a theme is just like having no expectations. And I think it's really important when it comes to your wedding, how are you, or have you thought about this? How are you consciously going to try to protect your peace when like we said, the moments that people want the most are the ones we want to share the least. Like what's your mentality going into it? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to be on my phone at all on my wedding day. Um, I don't want to touch it. Um, I have some possible plans and thoughts about like how I want to go about this. Um, I haven't finalized any decisions, but I think I'm most likely going to have my content specialist on my phone documenting the entire wedding because I also know that the way you said you were glued to Ella's stories, I know that people will be posting about my wedding. And so people will flock to their stories and the content creator mm-hmm. in me is like, nope, flock to mine and we'll give <laughs> mine the views and the engagement. So I would rather have like the most exclusive and insane content coming from my profile. And it doesn't have to be me doing it. I think Champagne and Chanel I don't know her name, but the influencer when she got married also had someone just posting her wedding day. I have to, I have to double check that. Yeah. I had my but, little sister uh, doing mine. Yeah. But see, what, didn't you want her to enjoy the day? Like that's why I wouldn't give She it did a hundred percent, but also Lucy, it wasn't like intense posting at all. Like, you know, there was nothing, there was a girl who was on staff at the venue And like the venue that got married at has the most insane social, like their stories recaps are unreal. So the girl who does theirs was on my account doing like the food, the flowers, that Lucy was just like recording at the after party and like that kind of stuff. So who did you just mention? I need their information. (laughs) Oh, I'll find, I'll give it to you. It's whoever does the socials, like for the venue that I got married at, they like worked with them. So like the venue was just like, here, you can use her. Um, She was great. I'll send them to you. But I, Lucy was, I mean, honestly, I can look back because I have the highlights still on my page. I don't think it was a lot. Like it wasn't a ton of content. And I agree. That's not something you want Natalie to be doing. Or Aubrey. Right. I just, I want like everyone who's important to me. I want them to be present. I don't want to have them have to do that. Um, I think I will probably have Natalie champion, like maybe two TikToks in the bridal suite, like, Right. Because that'll be easy, but I don't want to be worried about my phone. I don't want to be on it. Um, but yeah, I definitely do want to capitalize on like, you know, what is happening. Also the, what happened with the bachelorette is I had to recap that when I got home and it took me hours to recap it and following the wedding. I don't want to have to recap. I want to be packing for my, well, I'll already be packed, but getting ready for the honeymoon. We're leaving 48 hours later. Like I don't want to be on the flight to Italy recapping the wedding. So I just no. want to have it done. Um, so Yeah. That's kind of my plan there. I really think that's a great way to execute this. I'm curious when it comes to the wedding, has it brought up any mixed emotions for you specifically on 
like body image stuff, you know, there's a lot being pushed on brides and like the whole bridal industry of wedding diet and looking a specific way. And there's this weird pressure I felt of like, this is the best you ever have to look. And for me, it was so messed up in my opinion, because I'm like, we're, this is completely taking away from the narrative of the importance of today, which is not how I look. It's that I'm choosing to spend the rest of my life with someone like that's a really big deal. And the concept of a wedding diet, in my opinion, completely negates that. And it makes it seem like your weight is the most important thing that day, which is so far from the truth. Yeah. I mean, you said it perfectly. I definitely am really trying to get back to my values and my intentions and like, what's important to me. And the day is not about how I look. It's about Max and I. So, you know, I've also put the work in the past. I think I was trying to like count how many years I've been intuitively eating. And like the last time I was really in the thralls of like binging and it's been, um, let's see, 18, it's been like five years that I've really felt like I've had a healthy relationship with food. And fortunately all of that time and energy like has set me up to have some pretty thick skin for this process and to not really succumb to any of that. You know, when I, when I am getting measured for my dress and they measure my waist and I, and I, of course, I remember the measurement of Canis Swanepoel and Adriana Lima's waist because <laughs> I was obsessed with Victoria's Secret models, but I don't care anymore that mine isn't the same as theirs. Like, so I've just like kind of put the time in. I've been doing this for a long enough with myself that I, like I said, and have thick skin. I, I think I stand pretty tall and strong and I'm not going to be pushed around by, um, that culture. So, you know, Fortunately, I haven't run into too many problems. My first dress fitting is tomorrow, actually. And so I'm definitely nervous just about, I hope it fits me right. And um, I hope I like the way it feels. Like, you know, there's those things that, of course, I'm thinking of. And, um, you know, the other day I was like, uh, I had like a little pimple on my back and I was like, oh my God, I can't have a pimple on my back on my wedding day. Like, you know, so I, there are like the little things like that where I'm, starting to kind of overthink, well, how is my skin going to look? And is my, are my highlights going to be perfect? And I have like an acne scar on my face. And I'm like, is this going to go away? Like, so I'm definitely taking more notice to my physical appearance, but I'm really trying to keep it not toxic. (laughs) And I think it's hard. It's hard to not acknowledge any of it. Right. Because at the end of the day, this is going to be photograph like there are a lot of photos videos and like we still have like some of our wedding pictures hanging so I get the concept and I get why we feel this way and I get why it brings up a lot for us but I think exactly what you said it's like you don't want to obsess in a toxic way and what I always think is like you want to look like yourself on your wedding day I see so many brides who I know that are walking down the aisle and I'm like I don't even know who that person is and if they they're like shape shifting for this one day where i would think you want to be the best happiest version of yourself not the smallest cuz those two things 99% of the time do not go hand in hand yeah i mean you want to be the person that 
your person has asked to marry. I think it's ironic that people think you get a ring on your finger and then have to change everything about yourself. I'm like, no, no, no. They just confirmed (laughs) that you were good enough. Um, so that's hilarious in itself when you really think about it. And also the way you said, like the shape shifting and the changing, I feel like there are a lot of people who like then become embarrassed of their wedding photos because it it was this unrealistic version of themselves that looks nothing like they look now. So it's, it almost taints the memory in a way, because when people look at the photos, you're self-conscious of, are they recognizing that you, you look different in them? It's like the whole thing is unfortunate. And also I'm grateful that I am at the place that I am at with my body. But if someone wasn't, you know, it would be really hard. If I was getting married when I was a sophomore in college, it'd be really hard for me to accept that my waist measurement wasn't, you know, a certain number. Yeah, I I totally agree. I felt that way with pregnancy where I was so fucking glad that I had done the mental work because it was the true, true test of diet, culture, body image, everything. What are you most excited for, for your wedding and for the post-wedding marriage? aspect of life? Um, I am excited for the vows. I can't wait to just like, you know, hold Max's hands and just proclaim my love for him and vice versa. That is, I think so exciting to me. Um, so I'm really excited writing your own vows. Yes. Separate. Like you're writing your own. He's writing his own. Yes. And will you read them beforehand to each other? No, 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 no. Okay. No, I'm so curious. Okay. Um, But we do have the reverend who's marrying us will see them both before the ceremony. So he'll be able to say like, hers is way longer. Right. Okay. Good. Way more this and yours, you know, so we'll, we'll definitely make sure they're like, you know, they, they, they align in the sense of like, you know, length and whatever, but perfect. um, yeah, I, but no, I'm excited for that. Um, I get like giddy thinking about it. And then for married life, I don't know. I'm just excited to be kind of locked in and it feels like our, our life together really starts. Um, we always talk about having, you know, our little life together and once we're married and we have wedding bands and we're husband and wife. Yeah. It'll really feel like this is our life. I mean, we don't, we don't do things without each other, you know, but when Mm -hmm. you're dating and someone's like, Oh, I want to take a job somewhere. It's like, okay, like we can do long distance. No, we're married. Like I come with you, you stay like we're a unit. (laughs) I felt this like intense sense of it just like everything else felt so minuscule. Cause it was like, Oh, that doesn't matter. You're my husband. Like, it feels so secure in my opinion, which I was with him for a very long time before we got married. So I already felt secure, but it was just this added layer. And to be honest, I felt even more so not that I know I could, but with the baby where like, if anything happens, I'm like, yeah, but you're my husband. You're the father of my son. Like you're with me for fucking life and I'm with you for life. Um, I am so excited to just take a backseat watch at this entire thing. I want to shift just a bit to some listener questions. And on it's honestly kind of on this similar topic, just not necessarily wedding focused. Someone asked, how do you respond to someone who continuously speaks badly about themselves? Um, if I had a friend who continuously spoke poorly about themselves. Well, first of all, 
I, I'm not the kind of person who like, I think a lot about people's behavior and what we tolerate and encourage. And if someone was doing that, and then you kept saying, no, you're great. And you're this and you're that, you know, they might learn, okay, if I want compliments and validation from my friends, I need to start by initiating with a negative comment about myself. So it's like, no, I don't want to create that pattern, you know, for them to do that. And then me to have this response. So I probably would just like pretend to ignore it and like not say much or change the subject or move on. And then if they kind of didn't get the hint, then yeah, I would probably have a more, uh, straightforward babe. I notice you say these comments about yourself a lot. It hurts my heart because you're so wonderful. And, you know, to hear you say these things is just, you know, it, it, it hurts me to watch you do that because you're amazing and you're awesome. And I wish you could see that too. So like, are you, are you, what can I help you with? Is this something you really feel like, like let's dive in or like cut it out? <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I think exactly what you did is coming from a place of compassion where it's like, you're amazing. Stop talking about yourself like this. It is not worth that fucking energy. Um, a question that someone else asked that I actually am curious with as well, because I resonate with this. As a former D1 athlete, what is your current relationship like with with exercise? I try to work out when I get the itch. And I definitely will get the itch um, at least once a week where I'm like, I want to sweat. I want to get my heart rate up. I want to go outside. Um, I want to feel sore. I don't have a steady routine of like, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I go to the gym and this is my circuit and I do these lifts, but I try to at least move my body every other day, even if that means just a walk. And the last thing I'll say on that is coming from division one, I feel like you kind of get this chip on your shoulder that if you're not doing an hour power lift and like weight and like doing insane weights and cardio that like mm, soul cycle or core power, that's cute, but like, it's not really a workout. And so then when you graduate, you're like, okay, well, I'm not going to do like one of those workout classes. Cause they're silly. And like, I'm way better than that. But then you also don't have access time or energy for what you used to do in college, obviously. So then you do nothing. And that's what I did for a while until I realized, Hey, a, a 30 minute walk is a good workout because it's doing something, you know, a, whatever workout class that I'm able to go to is a good workout because I've pushed myself for 30 minutes, whatever it is. So I think also lowering the, the bar and the standard for yourself and just saying any movement is good movement. So I think that's kind of how I've been approaching it. And, you know, my workouts right now consist of walks, um, Max and I have a Peloton. So I'll do a Peloton class or, um, I love F45. If you're a former college athlete, Google F45, it's the closest thing I felt to, you know, training with the team since I graduated and I love it. I mean, exactly what you said, something is better than nothing. And I had the exact same experience. And then I almost went on the flip side where I was so addicted to the high intensity. I had to be dripping sweat, right? Because we're used to conditioning sessions where you're like breathless, hunched over, people are throwing up. And that's what's been ingrained in us as, I don't know if it's a workout, but like you feel those endorphins and that's what you're used to. So for me, for so long, I was like chasing that high. And I recently completely reconfigured 
my relationship with exercise, way more low impact, not nearly as much high intensity. And I feel better than I've ever felt before. But I think as a former college athlete, it's really hard to accept that small, low impact, not as intense exercises are still incredibly helpful because we are so used to the more, more, more intense, intense mentality. And it's really confusing. I don't think enough people talk about that. Definitely. I completely agree. Um, another question for you is where do you see the Victoria Garrick real pod empire going over the foreseeable future? This was asked by someone else. Yes. Oh my God. That's so cute. Um, I, I don't know. And I try to just lean into waking up every day and kind of following my heart and leaning into how I really feel and hoping that that provides value to other people. And like, I can serve them in some way and to continue to continue waking up and, you know, doing that and like stacking good days. I was so goal oriented as a child, you know, I have to do this and go here and be on this team and be a starter and get this. And this is my plan. And I was so focused on checking the boxes that I wasn't really living life. So I'm currently focused on that and on joy. And I saw this TikTok the other day that I loved that was saying, you know, it it was this really cute back and forth of, so what do you want to do with your life? And the person's like, be happy. And it's like, well, how do you want to be remembered? And it's like, for living a joyous life. And it's like, well, how is that going to blah, 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 blah. And like, you know, the person just kept saying like, I don't, I don't need to be the next Oprah Winfrey. I don't need to be like Steve Jobs. Like, I just want to manifest and cultivate happiness and hope that that sparks happiness and joy in others. And I think that's kind of really where I'm at right now is less of world takeover, New York times, bestselling author, do all these things more. So how do I cultivate happiness in my life? And then I know that that happiness and joy and radical genuineness will inspire others. Because when I meet people who are happy and who are themselves that impacts me. And so I think by being the best version of yourself through and through, you are going to change the world because you're going to create a small ripple effect with the people you meet every day. I am nodding so fucking hard because like, get this girl on TEDx again. Honestly, like this resonates with me so much right now in my life. Similarly, very fucking goal oriented in my past. I think a lot of athletes are. And over the past year and a half, it's been like, I just want to be happy. Like so many of these things I checked off the success I had on paper and I was mentally in a very bad place. And that's not the life I want to live at all. So I say this all the time, but waking up and choosing joy. And obviously that's not something that we can do every single day. You can't just flip a switch and decide that you're going to be happy. Some people really struggle, but you can choose to find joy and to do the joyous things and to do the small things today that will add up to bigger things tomorrow. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, I love you so much. You're one of those people for me, by the way, like you said, like when I'm with you, I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm lit up. You know, what's funny because we can, and we can talk about this because it's like authentic. I don't know why I feel like whenever we are hanging out, I'm like not at a 10. And so I'm like, does Cameron think I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why I always think I like, even when we hung out and we went to the show, I'm like, I feel like I've been low energy and I've just been chilling. Like, does she think I'm like, 
too chill and like not as bubbly as I seem online. Like, tell me. No. Well, first of all, you very much set that expectation when we agreed to go to the armchair live, you were like, I really want to go, but I'm coming off of my birthday weekend. I don't want to overcommit. Like, and I said to you, this is literally the lowest ask effort. Like I will, we can dress as casually as we want. I just want to sit in that fucking audience and watch them. Like, so a, you set the bar and B you're, uh, you're fucking amazing. And we're all like allowed to have chill off days. I also like low energy. Like I very much enjoy the, just like we're here, we're hanging out, we're chit-chatting. We can have like, I love comfortable silence. It's honestly something I said to my babysitter the first day she started working with Liam. I was like, I love conversation. I love conversing. I want to chat with you, but I also am very comfortable with silence. So we don't have to feel like we have to fill the room at all times. Um, I absolutely don't feel that way about you at all. I feel very inspired. How we get in our... Oh, thanks. I feel the same about you. You're so insightful. Isn't it crazy how we like create these storylines in our head about what people must think of us? And then like, totally. I mean, it's what, what I said earlier about the episode, I walked away and I was like, Oh my God, is Vic like, why the fuck did I have her on my show? Like it, it, we're so in our own heads. No, I wasn't. And it's funny because I'm always trying to anticipate what other people are thinking. And so the fact that it hasn't come out yet, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, I I hope she doesn't think like, I'm not going to air it. Like, obviously I'm going to air it. I just have like 30 episodes right now. And she's my friend. I understand. If I can stand on, on the air date, whereas this person who I don't know, PR team is going to like roast me alive that it's been a month since there's has aired. (laughs) That I understand. But it's so wild. Like, this is why I love you and having these conversations because when people, and this is why we love Dax, because when you lay it all out and you're like, well, I felt this way. And then you say, and the other person's like, what are you even talking about? I was watching Survivor last night with Max and this two contestants got in, in like a little argument. And then they both went to their corners and like, the one to the other person was like, I can't believe she said that I do so much around camp and I'm like so exhausted. And I'm like, well, the, the person over there was like, uh, this, th- he doesn't do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you guys just had a conversation, you'd both see where each other's coming from. <laughs> yep. Oh my God. I used to, we were on a big survivor kick during COVID. Oh my God. We're still on it. We, we got in in COVID and we're still on it. We've watched like 50 seasons. Holy well, shit. Been 50 seasons that we've watched. Like we watched all 41. Oh my God. We were on like, I, Joe used to watch it. I never did. And we watched like maybe five or six seasons and it was good, but I watched so much TV. It was just a huge commitment. I watched way too much TV. Um, okay. I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming on for people who are listening, who want to support you and want more of you. Where should they follow you? Um, they can follow me on Instagram at Victoria Garrick. And that kind of leads you everywhere. And my podcast is called real pod and Cameron's coming on very soon. So keep an eye out. Thank you so much. Bye, babe. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show. I love doing this more than anything in the world. If you could be so kind as to rate and or review the show, share a screenshot on your Instagram story, whatever you feel like doing to show some love, I would really appreciate it. Obviously follow at Pod on Instagram and me at Freckled Foodie for more content. Thank you for being a part of the FF fam and I hope you have a wonderful day.